So if you're not distracted, it says escapee, okay, in case you're wondering what the letters are on my chest. And uh, it's because last year in Cincinnati, it's one of the escape rooms that we, we escaped from. And so that's a reminder. But we're all escapees, you know? We're all escapees. If you're a Christian, then you've escaped from the, the curse of death. And you've escaped from the curse of sin. And that's not what I'm speaking about this morning. But it's the truth. And I just want to to read the lyrics of a song. It's by um, Rick Pino. And, you know, some of the things that were were said and some of the, the choices that John made as well, I would concur with. And it's called Nazarite Cry. I want to be an extravagant lover and offering a sacrifice for thee. I find in you my passion and pleasure till I am consumed with a spirit of burning. A laid down lover, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be, a lovesick warrior. You're all I want to see, so I give my all to thee. Deep inside there's a Nazarite cry. You've captured my gaze with a fire in your eyes. That's stirring, isn't it? It's called Nazarite Cry. It's a Rick Pino song. You also get um, Summit Sounds singing it with a Nicky Mathis. So. Some of you know that, that this year I've undertaken um, sort of training, and one of them is the Celtic Way, and it's a 12-month uh, quite intensive course. We've just got to the end of the, the second semester. And it's looking at the, the Celtic saints. And really, with the Celtic saints and the way of life that they had, and what was important to the Celtic saints, I still find that amusing that one of them was called Kevin, St. Kevin. <laughs> and really, as it's not just been talking about the saints. That was sort of the, the first semester But the second semester has been about their lives and what impacted them and how they moved, what motivated them. And that's been really challenging from the speakers that uh, are teaching on the course. Um, And really, through these people, and it was over sort of hundreds of of years, from the the early hundreds of the, the calendar, how they have, how they affected lands, I mean, they affected nations. Uh, they were hard working they they brought about studying there were students of the arts education um, but central to it all was was Jesus he was the passion he was the motivation it became all about him passion without Jesus is just directionless you know it's just it's just intense enthusiasm if it's not just about Jesus And it was all about him. And it was from that place of Jesus that everything else flowed. We're nothing without Jesus. We're nothing without what he's done. We can do nothing. We have nothing to give if it isn't come from him. And so their lifestyles, I mean, they were wild, wild people. But they had a closeness to him. And it was just the, the oneness that they sought for and the oneness with Jesus, that perichoresis, the oneness with the Godhead that they've had, the flow that just came. And we're called to be the same people. 
but it was their, their, because of that relationship, that flowed out and affected their, con, their conduct. And, you know, you may, have, you may think, well, it was easy for those in the three, four, five, six hundreds, you know. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, they came in, they travelled across, and the lands were pagan. Ireland was pagan. Scotland was pagan. Druids, you know, all the, the, the things that were going on. And yet, because they held fast to, to Jesus, nation, people were changed. The land was changed. You know, you'll, Patrick from Ireland and all the, you know, Columbus, uh, Aidan, Kevin, and all the, the others. You know, there are lots of them. I just, he was an awesome guy, but I just, it strikes me as amusing that there's a Saint Kevin. Um, but they saw Jesus in everything, in creation. And you know the, the poem that um, John started the worship of, it, it just reminded me of the Celtic saints because they recognized Jesus in everything, in the grass, in the trees, just thanking your breath every morning for the water, you know, for the, for the flowers. You know, I, I like roses. Where does the fragrance come from in roses? You know, who put that there? It's not, it's not the rose breeders, it's, it's the Lord. But they saw, and because of that devotion, you know, they saw transformations, they worked miracles. And these pagan, the, these places, you know, there are remnants. Uh, you know, there's Iona in the west of Ireland, a place called Skellig Michael and Lindisfarne, you know, and still H- Hollywell in North Wales. And even uh, sort of in a book, you know, the, the town that I come from, a, a, a wee town called Kilburnie, there's um, a, a church that used to call the Barony, um, but it, it's called the Old Kirk now. And part of that is, is from the, the Celtic saints. And I guess being Scottish, you know, it attracts me. But what they also did was they walked not only in power, but they walked in authority. Yeah. And the two must go together. You know, in the Bible, there are lots of twins. There's righteousness and justice. There's mercy and grace. Well, there's power and authority. And one without the other brings about great imbalance. Is that what we're crying for? Is that what, what I'm crying for? You know, is, is my cry truly, truly for Jesus? From the depths, can I, can I say that my cry is purely for him or are there still other things in the way and we cry out I want to see the power of God I want to see pour out your power Lord pour out your power fill us with your power can I just ask you what would happen if you did because Acts 1 tells us that when we we were filled with the power we are filled the power but if we were truly filled with the power, not one of us would be left on our chairs if we saw that the power of God displayed. And the world is crying out. It's waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. I don't think I wouldn't stand. I'd be on the floor too, by the way, under the, the power of God. I think we forget, we lose sight of just what an awesome, powerful God he is. And so, as is my one, I go to the dictionary. And so, if you don't mind definitions, the definition of power 
And it's interesting (coughs) paralleling it with today's society as well and the things that are going on. It's a possession of control or influence over others. Power is also a sovereign state. Power is also a force or physical might. An authority is the power to influence or to command thought. A person in command. And I was thinking, Lord, how do you... Because they are different, but they're also interlinked. And what are some examples? So these are what I bring to you. When we have a, a general election, the election, the party in Britain, the party with the, the majority of seat, becomes the government, and they are given the authority to govern the nation. What they do with that power that they have varies. If you go into hospital and have to have an operation and they'll put a form before you and it's a consent form, so you have to sign a consent, you're giving, you're, you're giving the surgeon the authority to, for you to go under the knife and you're just praying that that surgeon that's got the authority over your body is competent and has the right skills and power to perform the surgery successfully. Biblically, and we're all we're all familiar with different sort of powers and authority. There's, and it doesn't. It's not political. It doesn't matter which party, which wing you're on, or education, or whatever part. Biblically, and I like to bring my Bible to church. Is the the only structure to be given authority to govern is not. The political parties, it's not the education system, it's the body of Christ. You know, it's not rulers, it's not denominations. No, they, they're not called to govern the denominations, it's the body of Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church. So what's power in the, in the Bible? Well, in the Old Testament, koach, it's strength, power, might, or the power of God the strength of angels and it's it's used in Exodus 32 and it was the power of God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt by the power of God that's what it says it's used 126 times 58 it means strength 47 it's power but when it's used things have happened and we see it in Judges with Samson and it's when Delilah's trying to wheedle her way in and find out where the strength of Samson lies and uh, to find out where his strength was that's the the koach and it was in his hair because he was a Nazarite you know he was set apart he was consecrated for the Lord that's I want to be an extravagant lover a laid down lover deep inside there's a Nazarite cry there's a cry within us to be consecrated to him and uh Authority is the word tucker, and that's power, strength, or energy. And Esther, you see that word used there with Esther when she writes with full authority because of the position. And Daniel, Daniel in one of his um, uh, prophecies, is talking about the strength. It's not in a good way, it's about the strength of the Babylonians that were to come. He's speaking forth. In the New Testament, most of you will know that the words for, for power and authority. Authority is exousia. 
and it's in the sense of an ability, a delegated power. God gives us his delegated authority. He's delegated his authority to us on the earth. And it's the the power that God gives to the saints. It's a power of choice. It's a power of authority. It is a privilege. It is a privilege that he gives us. And one that we need the character to bear. It's a sign of regal authority. And I was just looking up. We know that when the late queen uh, passed, that Charles immediately becomes king. But he didn't have the authority to wear the crown until his coronation. You know, there's a, di- there's a difference sort of been sort of inheriting, but then having the full right of the authority of the office. Um, Jesus had authority. And all the time we know that it was called into question. You know, in Matthew 21, the the Pharisees are saying, by what authority are you doing these things? And he said, I'll tell you what authority I'm doing if you answer one question. They didn't answer the one question, so he answered them in a parable because they would not understand. And in Mark 1, it says they were astonished at his teaching. He taught as them having authority and not as that of the scribes. And the word for power is, is the one that everybody likes, the dunamis, the dynamite. Because you, it's visual, that you get a visual picture, don't you, of, of dynamite. And if it's handled long, wrongly, you'll blow yourselves up. And there are a lot of uh, Christians that have sadly blown themselves up. Not literally, it's metaphorically. Pardon? Spiritually, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not called to be a people that blow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's the the dunamis is a strength the power and the ability it's an inherent power and it's the power for performing miracles and it's also a moral power or excellence of soul and moral 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 morality is not a it's become a bit of a we won't talk about morality uh, nowadays so I'm be, why am I rambling on like this? It's because I'm being challenged by the inner life. I'm being taken, you know, God constantly takes us on a journey and he leads us in seasons. It's the oneness, it's the union. And I'm going to give two sort of examples. And this is when you realise you're so old that your, your examples, Gen Z, just do not get. So play, please bear with me. And that's a revelation when it comes to you. So I'm hoping there are not many Gen Z's here. Do you remember the film Chariots of Fire? Some of you will never have seen it. Yeah, I'll carry on for the ones that have. And it's about an athlete, Eric Liddell, uh, in the 1924 Olympics. And he was a, a Christian. He was a missionary as well, and he died on the mission field in China. That's beside the point. But in in the film, the the actor... One of, the, one of the athletes, Harold Abrahams, really doesn't understand uh, Eric Liddell and his motivation. And Eric Liddell was probably one of... Uh, Harold Abrahams was probably one of the first to institute a rigorous training regime that they still do today. And you hear him voice over, from where does the power come from to see the race to its end? And he says, from within. Where does the power come 
for us to see the race that we are each called to, it comes from within. It's that inner life, the inner life, the oneness, the union with Jesus. And there's another film. It's called A Few Good Men. (laughs) So I think Stuart knows the quote I'm going to say from it. And it's Jack Nicholson. He's on the stand. And there's a very juvenile Tom Cruise. And he's barking at Jack Nicholson. And he's, he's wanting the truth. And he says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson, <laughs> it's a superb clip. He gets, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you want the power? Can we handle the power? God told me, spoke to me a good few years ago. And he says, God's looking for character, not characters. God is looking for character, not characters. There's no Scooby-Doo's. And all around, particularly today, society is filled with characters. Barbie. And it's sad, it's both in and out the church, in, an, in the church and out the church. Celebrity, characters, reality TV, is it? I've never seen the Kardashians. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they're characters. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of characters. How far will we go to pursue him? I tell you, salvation is free, but it will cost us everything. Abraham Lincoln said, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man with character, give him power. So where's character formed? It's not at Asda. It's not at Tesco. It's not um, Amazon. (laughs) There's one thing you probably can't get at Amazon. Moses, (laughs) his character wasn't formed in the palaces of Egypt. His character was formed in the backside of a desert, looking after sheep for 40 years. That was where his character was formed, so that he then had the character to hold the calling that God had put on him. David, he was anointed as king as a young man, but he didn't become king. He didn't take the throne until 40 years later. His character was formed running running from Saul, being persecuted, being maligned, being misunderstood. That was where his character was formed. And so he got to the point when he did assume the kingdom that we know him in the Bible as being called a man after God's own heart. The Apostle Paul his CV was perfect. <laughs> we can read, yeah, yeah, we can read that in Philippians. He's, he had the perfect CB, CV for a rabbi, but it wasn't the character that God wanted. <laughs> His character was changed on the Damascus Road. Paul died that day, but he arose so obsessed with Jesus and the truth that God gave him powerful revelations that we still 
uh, are unpacking today and don't get the full revelation and manifestation of what was revealed through Paul and his writings. People like Catherine Kuhlman, you know, when she, she didn't want to be seen, she just wanted Holy Spirit to be seen and, you know, quite sort of an ethereal character, but it was all about Jesus. And I was listening last week to some messages, Dr. Michael Brown, again, some of you may know his name, some of you may not. He's, uh, um, he was one of the teachers in the Pensacola Rev- Revival. He's sort of late 60s now. He's, he's a Jewish man, but he is passionate. He's a highly intelligent man, and he's, he's still pursuing God. He still knows there's more for God. He's still hungry after Jesus. He's still going because he just wants more and more and more. How far will we go? How far will I go? How far will you go? What will you give up? What is God asking you to lay down? What's he asking me to lay down? Is it TV, phone? Are these a curse or a blessing? Tech? I know that's harder for the young ones. Food? You know, I hold my hand up to that one. Fame? Clicks? Are we after clicks? Friends? What's God working in us? What's he working in me? And just to to give you a couple of examples... You know, I'm 99.9% certain that my father's side were uh, involved in Freemasonry. So I thought, I'm not having any more. And I went to a place that I know has the authority and the power to break Freemasonry. Because I want it not just from me, but from my children and grandchildren, etc., 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 to break it off. Other things that we need to stand up and have broken off because it's just not about me. It's about my sons. It's about my daughter-in-laws. It's about my grandchildren. It's about the ones that will follow. God is a generational God. You know? And just a few months ago, I was at a, uh, a training thing and I heard about a guy who probably nobody has heard of, of Gavin Dunbar. And in the 1400s, he was the um, he was the Archbishop of Glasgow, and at that point in the borderlands, uh, just the south of Scotland, uh, the border with England, for about two three hundred years, there were seventy five clans known as the Border Reavers, and they would sort of rob and cause chaos, and so Gavin Dunbar wrote a seven hundred word curse. And that was read from every pulpit in Scotland, cursing all the 75 clans from the border reavers. And it's ongoing, it's perpetual. Apparently, that um, somebody asked uh, Pope Benedict, I think it was, to revoke the curse because he had the spiritual authority as part of the Catholic Church, and he wouldn't. And where I was, they read out the names of the 75 clans. And my family name, my my maiden name is Wilson. And sure enough, (laughs) there was Wilson is one of the 75 clans, the border reavers. And did I get ministry for it? Absolutely. Did I get deliverance from it? Absolutely. Because again, I'm not having that. We're not under the curse. 
other things. Ask, ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you things that, that need dealing with. So how do we go about having the power and the authority? It's just, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. We know this. And there are seasons that we, we go through and that we grow through, but we're called to be laid down lovers of him. And when he transforms us by his love, sometimes his love hurts, sometimes his love is like an axe, but sometimes it's gentle. His word is he's ruthless in his love, in his pursuit of making us into the image of him. It's his word. We know it's, it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces. It hurts, but it's good for us. It's asking him questions. You know, God loves us to ask him questions. I don't ask him enough. Tongues. We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. Has our language in tongues progressed from the day we first spoke in tongues? <laughs> Do we speak in tongues? Is there a different tongue when we oh rapa karakasante ropokashilo kosonto? Or if your 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 warfare more sante lakakashi puro karakatataka ishoro pokalokosante ibora santo lokosanto. Do we have, you know, going deeper and feeling his heart? It's encountering him, meditating on scripture, you know. It's so that we would know and bear his power and authority. And I just want to, I just want to read you, if you're wondering where the scripture was coming from. It's just what Paul says from Philippians. And he's just given his CV, (laughs) which is perfect. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish or dung that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I just want you to, I want to read three scriptures over you and I want you to to just close your eyes and to visualize it isn't a feedback session. This is just between you and and I'll. You'll also hear me speaking as well, if that's okay with everybody. If you're up for this. So the first scripture is: the name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower. What does your tower look like? What's the name of the Lord that is your strong tower? Is it Jehovah Shalom? Is it Jehovah Rapha? What does it feel like with knowing that that strong tower that you're held in his name? And as you're there, the next scripture, God says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. What is his voice sounding like? What does it feel like for him to say your name? And the look on his face when he declares over you that you are his. And then Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And as Jesus comes, what does it feel like to know that he knows you and he knows your voice? He's the one that gave you your voice. And what's he saying to you for you to follow? And stay in that place while I just read one of the Celtic prayers. I bind unto myself this day the strong name of the Trinity. I humbly praise the awful name, that's full of all, name, with three in one, one in three, of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word, Praise to the God of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. I bind this day to me forever by power of faith. Christ's incarnation, his baptism in the river Jordan, his death on cross for my salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming in the day of doom, I bind unto myself today. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ to, to comfort me and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ be with me this day.
And Lord, I just ask that you'd make us a people who are worthy to not only bear your your power, but your authority, that we would learn to walk in it rightly, that you would examine our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us so that we can stand before you pure and holy and blameless. That this city, this nation is crying out for the revelation of the sons of God. Amen.